We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. It's Abby Nation Sports Talk. He's Vince D'Addario doing the first of two shows here tonight on the old IB platform. He'll be coming up with Brian Driscoll doing Upon Further Review for you live viewers at 8 o'clock tonight. If you're listening on the podcast, well, you just download the other episode and away you go. I mean, that's pretty much the way it is. But yeah, Having a good Labor Day? I mean, about as good as you can get. I mean, what's not fun about hanging around outside in 90-degree weather? <laughs> Did you eat any blueberries today or any blueberry products? Uh, I did not because they were out of the blueberry ice cream, my go-to. I mean... We used like, to get the blueberry donuts. They were out of those two. That's just brutal. It is. For those who don't know what we're talking about, Plymouth, <laughs> Indiana, about 20 miles or so south of us here on Highway 31... Every Labor Day weekend, it is the Blueberry Festival down in Plymouth. Yes. It has been years. We used to go quite often, and we just haven't gone in a long time. You know, like since the kids got old, and it's really, I don't know if it's, you know, you just like you decide you don't want to deal with people <laughs> I, when you have your last holiday weekend and all that kind of stuff. But I, I go kicking and screaming. My wife loves like the fair stuff. And it's basically it's a fair of big sorts. fair with, I mean, with a blueberry boots. theme. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's more like crafty boots and, uh-huh. you know, stuff of that nature. But there are all the fair rides and the games and the this is and the that's and, you know, whatever. And this weekend is pretty busy with college football and high school football. So Friday was out. Saturday was out. Sunday was out because I had to mow the lawn and do all that stuff. So Monday was the only day and woke up this morning. I was like, do you really want to go? Really? And she's like, yeah. yeah. So we went and they're yeah, still my, there. Actually. We were sitting there on the couch last night after I had grilled, you know, some meat and all that kind of good stuff. And my, I was like, Oh, we could have gone to the blueberry fest today. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm, I'm wiped. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't. So, well, yeah. that's enough about blueberries. We've got uh, plenty of Notre Dame stuff we're going to get to. And, um, you know, this this could be rail against the machine day because we're going to get into this whole targeting thing. And you'll hear some of Marcus Freeman's comments from his press conference today about the targeting call and non-call. Um, and then we'll just give our own opinion about it, of course. And then we've got some other 
Marcus Freeman comments, Steve Angeli, his time playing quarterback, the timeouts, the timeout usage at the end of the first half, which grumpy old man, <clears throat> I won't, uh, well, uh, what, it, yep, it's you, uh, was, uh, he was grumpy about how Marcus Freeman was using the timeouts. We'll talk well, about that. <laughs> I forgot that they had a really good quarterback, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Yep. Matt Salerno, though, kind of the biggest news. He's going to be out for uh, several weeks, according to Marcus Freeman, with a leg injury. So um, very unfortunate for him. I don't remember seeing him like a play where he got hurt, but uh, Rico Flores, freshman, is going to be elevated in the meantime to uh, Matt Salerno's spot on the depth chart. So it's a big opportunity for Rico Flores. Uh, for Matt Salerno, a, a tough break, I guess, out for several weeks, according to Marcus Freeman. Yeah, I mean, it is tough because as much as, as as much as Matt Salerno has caught the ire of Irish Nation, his role this year it was perfect. I mean, he was the second string punt returner, but he had some pretty good returns on Saturday. That I was, I you know, I thought he did a good job there. And then you know he rotates in at the at receiver. And he's a very reliable receiver, and there's nothing wrong with that. You, you run into issues if he's in your starting group, if he's one of your frontline guys. If he's one of your rotation guys, seventh, you know, sixth, seventh guy, that's perfect. That's exactly where you want him to be, and that's where he was. And now, you know, and you never want to see a kid get injured, obviously, but it does hurt the depth of the team. I mean, I don't think there's any two ways about that. And so it's that part is disappointing, obviously. Um, and so hope for a speedy recovery, get him back in the lineup, things like that nature. Right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Football season is upon us, which means my schedule is ramping up even more than normal. And it makes it a lot harder to spend as much time cooking and preparing meals as I want and need. And eating healthy can be especially challenging. That's why I'm looking forward to getting ramped up with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, which can help me fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to my door. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and save a lot of time on food prep, but you don't have to miss out on the flavor. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to go in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then we can get back to work. And you can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals. 
You can level up and get gourmet plus options and treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. There are also lunch-to-go options and protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like the delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and more. You can also try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. This September, get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. And they have a great deal for Irish Breakdown listeners. Head to factor.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com forward slash irish50 to get 50% off. Try it and enjoy. We have a question here. Ron said Braylon James was not in the game. Any reason? And I'm pulling up the, the participation uh, chart. Participation chart. He was, in fact, in the game. So That's what I thought. Yeah, maybe you blinked and you missed it. But according to the participation chart, and I can't remember exactly when it was, but I thought I remembered seeing him at some point as well so he was in the game so there you go and there there was a lot of numbers going in and out you know towards the end there especially the last couple of drives both offensively and defensively a lot of got a lot of walk-ons were able to get in the game i mean they they pretty much emptied the bench for all you know intents and purposes at that point so um which was great to see they even got some guys in on special teams and things of that nature as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was an opportunity to just let everybody play a little bit. inside. Tons of guys. Tons yeah. of guys. That's right. 79, by my count, on the participation really? chart. 70, because, wow. I mean, they got a lot of walk-ons in. Justin they Fisher, did. guy from Mishawaka, and obviously uh, yep. Chase Ketterer on the receiving end of a pass there toward the end. So, they got a lot of guys in the game. I mean, yep. not just scholarship guys, but walk-ons as well, which I think is pretty cool that they're yeah. able to get some of those guys in there when they had the opportunity. When it's not a blue goal game. You know what I mean? Like this was mm-hmm. an actual game and they're actually going to go down on the participation chart, which is awesome. Yeah. It's uh, it's two games against two teams Notre Dame was supposed to beat, but it was also 98 to 6 is the combined score against Navy and Tennessee State. I mean... It's kind of the definition of taking care of business. I realized there were some people who were going off the deep end there early on on that first Tennessee State possession. You know, like looking looking back, I've seen some comments online like people are flipping out about the defense. And it's like, it took Navy until the end of the game to kick their field goal and Tennessee State's going to score on the first possession. What's going on with this defense? And I did ask Marcus Freeman after the game, hey, you gave up 55 yards on that first drive. But 101 yards the rest of the way. And he touched, you know, he he answered it then and he touched on it again at the beginning of his press conference today. Yeah, it's an FCS school and it's Tennessee State and all that, but it was also their season opener. They, like mm-hmm. Navy, threw some things at them that they didn't show on film from a year ago. And there was a little bit of an adjustment period. Could the tackling have been better across the board? Sure. But I felt like as the game went on, that it, it, it did get better. Now, that's not to say there weren't ever any missed tackles or anything like that, but I feel like overall got better over the course of the game. What would you think? 
Yeah, I mean, there was some rust to shake off um, at the beginning of the game, both offensively and defensively. I don't think anybody is going to say that there wasn't, right? I mean, it, and regardless of who the opponent was, you know, adjusting back from the Navy game in Dublin, I mean, look, there there is some legitimacy to that, no matter who you're playing. And, and we saw some some open field missed tackles. We, you know, some of the defensive issues, I think, were scheme-related, to be honest with you. Um, at first, I didn't really like the scheme that they were playing. We'll talk about we'll talk more about that in in upon further review here in a little less than a couple hours, but I, I just uh, I, I'm not overly surprised. Look, they they allowed a field goal, guys. Yes, it was their first possession. I get it, and and I think the non call of the target targeting, which we're going to talk about, kind of woke them up a little bit. It definitely woke up the crowd, which I think I agree with that. That woke was up the defense. Like in going back, especially and watching it yeah. after that. You could really there. There was a different energy in the stadium, and uh, a different energy the defense had after that oh. after non-call on the hit on Devin Ford. There's no doubt about it. And, and shall we they, call it the BS call? Yeah, they, they look. They needed it. They needed something to wake them up, and that did it. I, I think you know. I mean, there's only so much you can do as a coach to wake up your team, and I think that lack of a call there, then the non-call, I think. I think that woke everybody up and then they started, you know, playing to their potential defensively. Look, at the end of the day, Tennessee State had very minimal yards. I mean, what do they have total? They had 156 total yards, 67 pass yards, 89 rush yards. I mean, Notre Dame did what they were supposed to do. And and if they left the starters in the entire game, they'd have scored way more points than they did, right? They so, would have scored 100 points if they had left the starters. Easily. Easily. Yeah. And so – and you they wouldn't have given up fine. another point. <laughs> and exactly. That's, that's something to be you – know, the, the fact that there were so many reserves in in the second half and Tennessee State still only scored three points. Right. And, and again, the yardage, 55 yards on the first drive, 101 the rest of the way, with so many reserves and even walk-ons right. in the game. Like, think about it that way. The the fact that, that, that they still gave up virtually nothing – in the second half after the game had long been decided and there were a bunch of reserves on the field. Well, and it's funny because, you know, we, you know how we've had the conversation at the, the Notre Dame walk-ons are kind of a different breed than the walk-ons at Notre Dame in the past. Like there's multiple walk-ons who had offers that were way higher than Tennessee state. Right. I believe Justin Fisher had a, a service Academy offer you know, we know that uh, two of the incoming freshmen had, you know, FBS offers coming in and they decided to walk on at Notre Dame. So even the walk-ons should beat Tennessee State. I mean, that that that's the bottom line here. And I, th- I think that's what people forgot going into this game. I was talking to a buddy of mine and he's he's like, you know, what, what do you think about this game? I'm like, look, Notre Dame should win by about 50. I mean, realistically, that's what should happen, right? And, and that's with backups in. He's like, well, we were supposed to do that to like uh, Marshall or, or Stanford. I'm like, okay, those are Division One programs. I said, this is an FCS program that isn't even a very good FCS program, at least as of last year. So are they on the rise? Are they do- maybe? I, I don't know. I don't follow Eddie George's program that closely. This is, an F- this is a, a very average, if not below average, FCS program that Marshall and Navy and Stanford would murder. So you're not comparing apples to apples. It's apples to oranges here. And at the end of the day, yes, Notre Dame struggled in the first quarter. Then they scored 28 points in the second quarter, okay? And they gave up zero. So 
let's put it into perspective, right? Notre Dame did what they were supposed to do. Can you nitpick it? Of course you can. That's the coach's job. You don't want their, their – number one, there's no such thing as a perfect game. And now you go back and you put on the film and you coach it up. That's what you do. Let's just talk about these targeting calls. Okay. Bill Walsh is nailing it here in the chat, and I'll get to his comments here in a minute. But uh, so you had the Devin Ford hit. No, no flag for targeting on the initial call. They don't even review it. And then, of course, you have later in the half the Antonio Carter hit, which looked a lot more incidental to me. Hit him on the shoulder first, but apparently, you know, crown of the helmet, yada, yada. So it was flagged for targeting on a quarterback. Here's Marcus Freeman's comments to that today. He was asked if he thought that the Carter hit was targeting first, and he'll cover both of those plays here in this uh, response. It, it was. Okay. He, he hit with the crown on his head. Um, he's got to keep his head up and, and not launch. And so I often – I tell our coaches the same thing as I tell our players. Like we can complain about it um, and disagree, but we have to, within the rules of the game, make sure that we're not getting thrown out of the game. So you coach them by saying, "Don't watch, keep your head up." You know, and, and the one on Devin Ford is the explanation I got was it was with the forehead and not the crown of the head. And so those type of, of plays are, you know, I, I'm sure they're really hard to to, to call as a referee. Um, but we have to coach, hey, where's the strike zone? Don't launch and then make sure you're not hitting the ground yet. Had Freddie Fastfinger sitting next to me there, as you could hear with the Seriously. <laughs> typewriter going there. Well, I thought that was you. <laughs> it was not me. It was <laughs> It was not me. And I have I have toned down my typing, by the way, since I busted the key on my last computer, busted the keyboard on my last computer. So I've I've toned it down. I don't I don't need to buy an, another computer here. So, so you're saying here. the guy that was complaining about your loud typing was accurate. <laughs> Originally. No Original. comment. No okay. comment. So, so Bill Walsh said, okay, that's, that's the second comment. Bill Walsh says, per the rules, leading with the crown is targeting, even if the initial contact is not to the head or neck of the opponent. Rule needs to be adjusted somehow. That is correct. Also, it can be targeting if you lead with the helmet and directly hit the opponent's head or neck. Crown not needed. The Tennessee State player should have been called for it. And that is my beef. Yeah. That is... Like the explanation Marcus Freeman was given is nonsense because if it is a helmet to helmet hit, it does not matter if it is the crown of the helmet. Here is the rule per the NCAA rulebook leading with the helmet, shoulder, forearm, fist, hand, or elbow to attack with forcible contact at the head or neck area is indeed targeting. If it is helmet to helmet, it does not have to be with the crown of the helmet and replay clearly showed the hit to Devin Ford was with the yeah it was with the you know the the forehead area but it was directly on his helmet it was helmet to helmet the definition of targeting and it was not even reviewed Vince and that's like when you see the Notre Dame scoreboard crew they they put those replays up there to say hey Mr. Official look at this in Jumbotron, six-story high scoreboard. 
Here it is in high def for you to look at and go, hey, maybe we should look at this. They didn't even review it. That's what bugs me, Vince, mm-hmm. is they didn't even review it. And then, not that it's the you know the the NBC TV crew's fault, but they come back from re- replay because they or they go to commercial break because Devin Ford is laid out on the field. Marcus Freeman said today he had a concussion. He didn't come back in the game, so he's got a concussion. They're tending to him while they're doing that. They're showing this up on the on the the big screen, and NBC comes back and barely mentions it they're like well yeah well uh there's uh, the the fans are a little upset you know uh, and that was it and then it's like well do you guys have a a rules analyst And we found out later reggie smith um you know because they talked to reggie smith during the antonio carter thing about and and he actually said that he didn't think that it should have been targeting in that case but they didn't even ask him like if you've got a rules analyst and you've got this replay that shows clear helmet to helmet, and you don't bring in your rules analyst to say, what do you think about this? What are you even doing? Why are you there? Why do you have a rules analyst if you're not even going to? And again, it's not NBC's fault that they didn't send this to replay, but the whole thing is just nonsense, Vince. And it's, it's as I said, you know, I tweeted it at the time. This is why when you look at these two calls and the subjective nature of whether or not they're even going to send it to the replay booth to determine if, right. if, if it should be targeting, ejection should not be part of this if that's how you're going to legislate this. There, there are so many things to talk about with this. I know I went on for a while. But... No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to pick out what I want to talk about because there, there's a million different ways they could have gone. If they would have reviewed it, at least reviewed it, Right. And, and, and taking a look, because they had plenty of time, because Devin Ford was practically unconscious on the field. Like, they had plenty of time. It's being had shown multiple, multiple times on the board, right? The fans are going crazy. You could have at least reviewed it and gone through the motions, right? Because then, later on, when the, the Carter review came up, and they instantly decide that they're going to review. I mean, instantly. And we're all right. like, really? Like, we're going to take the time to review this? Like, that's... It's not even, what are we talking about here? And we're like, there's no way that that's going to be targeted. There's no way. And then they come back and like, he's ejected from the game. We're like, what are we? Like, (laughs) within one game, it is a perfect analogy of why this rule is not officiated properly. There's no consistency to it whatsoever. And we've complained about this for years, all the way back to the Texas game. Right, we've we've complained about the inconsistency of the of the targeting rule forever, and yet no updates, no changes. That's what I have the biggest problem with. In one game, you had one that was the blatant target, in my opinion, at the very least, a blatant situation where you need to review it. Yes, and then one where they did go to review. It's like, okay, well, okay, they're going to go to review, but they're going to see it when it's slow motion. He grazed off like that's not targeting. It's not the letter of the law, and well, they call it targeting. And here's the other thing, just about not just I guess by the letter of the law, maybe they had to call that targeting because it's you know the head, shoulders, neck area, and it's the crown of the helmet involved. Okay, like if you want to go there, okay. But then the other part of this is you've got a quarterback, you've got a defensive back who is trying to make a tackle. And you've got a, a quarterback who is changing pad levels as he is running. Right. He goes down as, like this. Yes. As a defensive player, 
how are you supposed to adjust as the other, as the ball carrier is right. making that adjustment with his body? If he goes down, if the ball, because he's not a quarterback anymore, he's a runner. He's a right? runner. Right. And so if he's running the ball and he goes down like this, that's not targeting anymore because now the ball carrier is leading with his helmet. Right. I'm sorry. You, you can't at mid tackle because Antonio Carter is coming in mid tackle. And that's when the ball carrier, not the quarterback, the ball carrier drops his head at least three feet into the line of the tackler's helmet. You can't call that targeting. It really wasn't even that hard of a hit. Like, and again, like if you compare the hits, the hit on oh yeah, the hit on Devin Ford compared to the hit that Antonio Carter, because of the fact I think with the pad level and the fact that he hit his shoulder first, and it wasn't that hard of a hit. Like the hit on Devin Ford, the guy clearly leads with his helmet. And again, it doesn't have to be the crown of the helmet for targeting to be called. It if it's a helmet to helmet hit. That is still targeting, and he was using his helmet as a weapon in that case. Yes. They hit on Devin Ford. Absolutely. And it's on a kickoff. It was a kickoff where he's coming flying down the field right. at 1,000 miles an hour, and that's why people want to get rid of the kickoff and, and that's all what of I was that stuff. Say. That's, that people want to get rid of the kickoff right. for this reason. Yes. And if you are not going to throw a flag or, you know, again – even send it to the replay booth when they're when you've got a guy who is down with a concussion. Don't you, as an officiating crew, have to say, "Well, this guy is laying down on the field, and they're looking at his head." Don't we at least need to take a look at this and make sure there wasn't something right. that took place? It's obvious that he took a hit to his head. You have yes. to at least stop it and look at it and decide how are you going to get this kind of hit out of football if you're not even going to take the time right. to send it to the replay booth when this is your rule. This is your Correct. rule, and you're not even willing to take a look at it. That was right. the most ridiculous case of a non-call that I've ever seen. The fact that terrible. they wouldn't even look at it for targeting. And, like, at least look at it because he's laying there dying on the feet. I'm, I'm being sarcastic to a degree, but he's he he's laying there, like, prostrate on the ground, and you're like, nah, clean hit. We don't need to look at this. Like, yeah. At, at least look at it to make his family feel better. You right. know what I mean? Like, it, it's just terrible. Terrible. I agree. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
If you're looking for last-minute tickets to this weekend's big matchup between Notre Dame and NC State, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. That's gametime.co. James says Goolsby disagrees with this. I have no idea what Goolsby said. Nobody cares what Goolsby said. He works for somebody else. <laughs> yeah. He works for a competitor. Don't bring his nonsense in here. And again, I don't I don't comment, yeah, on what guys from other outlets say or or don't say. And I, I don't I don't mean that as an insult. It's not like I'm disregarding what they say, but I just, I, they're they're all entitled to their opinions. Mike Goolsby played, but I have no idea the context of what he's talking about. Um, Indy Cheat Sheet says analysts contradict reasons for calls too. They'll say things like it wasn't targeting because he wasn't defenseless. Then same scenario say clearly targeting, even though he isn't <laughs> defenseless. And that's like the fact that you know again the fact that Jason Garrett is sitting there in the booth. And they don't. They they basically just glossed right by. They really did. The board. They, they they really did. They barely said anything. Like as the analyst, like Jason Garrett, because you know he had to have a couple looks at it during the timeout. He could have said, "This warrants having a look at." Absolutely. You know? They act they, like it didn't they, even happen. Right. Right. They barely said anything. Which. And, and again, I felt like if you've got a rules analyst. You should go to the rules analyst. Again, it doesn't have to be the crown of the helmet to be called targeting. If it's the crown of the helmet, it is automatically targeting. But it does not have to be the crown of the helmet. If there's a helmet-to-helmet hit, it's still targeting whether the crown is involved or not. Correct. And that's that's the, the... When they miss... When they whiff on safety, things like this, Vince, that's what really hurts me. And you've got a guy who missed the rest of the game with a concussion. And because it's a concussion, you don't know how that's going to affect this week, let alone the rest of the season for him. I remember Brian Roberts, a baseball player with the Baltimore Orioles. This has been maybe 10 years back at this point, you know, somewhere around there, but he slid headfirst into second base. What looked like, you know, a fairly innocuous slide headfirst into second base. It affected the rest of his season. He had concussion symptoms, the rest of the season on something that looked a heck of a lot more harmless than what we saw Devin Ford take the other day. Cause you just don't know yeah, when it right. comes to the gray matter inside your head, how it's going to be affected on a hit like this. 
Yeah. Yep. That bu- it bugs me. It bugs me too because they all they do is preach safety, 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 and that's right. why they're shortening the game and they're doing all these different things. Well, yep. then why are we not erring on the side of safety? That's my issue. And and regardless of of which way it would have gone, like if Notre Dame would have done that to a Tennessee State player, still should have been reviewed. Like it's it's not because it happened to a Notre Dame player; it's because it happened to a player, and he's laying there. And it looked – I would not be surprised if he blacked out for, for a split second after he got hit because of the way the ball went flying out and the way his body hit the ground, right? It's player safety. And if player safety is truly a reason that they're doing things, that that should have been reviewed, period. Yeah. Facilitate says it affects you the rest of your life, being concussed. And, and that's, you know, that's why they've made all these rules. And they're – like, the reason – that they went to this, like the fair catch on the kickoffs a few years back again, is to minimize guys taking hits like this, to incentivize, make the fair catch, give you the ball at the 25-yard line, you don't have a hit like this. Again, you know, they're trying to legislate kickoffs out of football. And you have hits like this, yeah, and you can see why. So, how about Steve Angeli? Move on a little bit. Peanut Talk butter about, and jelly. That's right, baby. Little peanut butter and jelly. Here's Marcus Freeman on his number two quarterback, getting some live reps, getting to actually run the offense out there Saturday. Yeah, I wanted Angeli to get some meaningful reps. I didn't want to put him in and, and mop up duty when the game's already out here. And I said, I want a little bit of pressure on Angeli, but off the side. To say, okay, hey, we can't, like, we have to score. We have to be efficient on offense here. We can't go three and out. And so um, I thought they did a really good job of really going out there, having a plan for Angeli, um, being able to adapt for some of the mistakes that were happening on our offense. And, and um, you know, I'm glad we protected him for the most part. We got hit once or twice, but I think we did a good job protecting him too. Started the second half. And I don't know about you, Vince, but, uh, you know, the score, what was it, 35-3 to at that point? Uh, yeah. Yep. I was – I was a little shocked to see Angeli come out that soon, right away in the second half, even though they had a 32-point lead. The only reason I was shocked is because it was Notre Dame, and we just haven't seen it ever. Um, and yes. I, I realize this is a new coaching regime and all of those things, and they never really had this kind of an opportunity last year, right? I mean, with, with Marcus Freeman as the head coach. So never really had a chance to see you know what his position would be on this kind of thing. I – was surprised in that regard, but it was a hundred percent the right call because for a couple of different reasons. Number one, for the reason that Marcus Freeman pointed out, they he wanted to see Steve Angeli actually run the offense with the number ones, you know, full out, right? I mean, run the offense, not just come in and hand off to a walk on or whatever. Like that doesn't do you any good, right? So I was happy from that angle. The other angle that I was happy about is, look, we have been singing the praises of Sam Hartman since he decided he was going to come to Notre Dame and even more so since we've actually seen him play, right? The the 12 possessions, 11 touchdowns and a missed field goal, like all that stuff. If something happens to Sam Hartman, you can kiss this season goodbye <laughs> if you're looking for, you know, lofty goals for this team, okay? And if you can get him out of the game 100% healthy with a guaranteed victory – Bye-bye, Sam Hartman. Throw on the backwards ball cap. Throw on the the ratty practice jersey and start sending in signals, baby, because 
Notre Dame needs him to play in all 15, 14, whatever games that Notre Dame is going to play in this year. So I am totally fine with it. And I thought that uh, Angeli looked solid. You know, there were some times he, he kind of maybe got mesmerized a couple times in the pocket. But let's remember, he's out there for a reason, seeing a real defense for a reason, to yep. give him that opportunity to actually see a real defense and not those kind of late fourth quarter snaps like Kenny Minchie took. By the way, I was wrong about Minchie. I said he'd play at the end and he'd just hand off. He actually got to – he's two for two. He got yep. through as well. But um, I thought it was much needed – much needed experience that Angeli yeah. gets. So now he gets to get in there, get in the film room, and have some actual film to take a look at. I mean, he's he's credited with a couple, couple of touchdown passes, but uh, hey, Japron Payne and Jadarian Price, n- nice doing the legwork for Steve Angeli, G- giving him what, like 82, I think, of, uh, of those passing yards that hey. he ended up with, the 130 passing yards that he ended up with. Hey, yeah. Uh, I, I bet, uh, you know, Sam Hartman will be the beneficiary of some long runs and some short passes and things like that. It's just, you know, it's the way it works. You know what I mean? And you're going to, you know, we always talk about those five running backs and how deep they are. Well, somebody, one of those five has to play when Steve Angeli is in. And so they're going to make him look pretty darn good. Yeah, USMA 87 talking about the, uh, the video of Hartman signaling the plays in. Did you see that where he's wearing the... I did. I mock did. on the sideline. I, I, I feel like he was just being silly. And you know what? He, he had a good day. So you could be as silly as you need to be. Oh, we're going to this. Freeman needs to stop being so docile on the sideline. Okay. Doesn't vote. There went they they won by a combined 98 to 6 in two games, and being docile is uh is not good for the team. How about, how about a calming demeanor on the sideline? Do you think that that is good? the team did did anybody not did they not show on nbc of marcus freeman screaming at the defense with and dropping an f-bomb did you miss that one because it's all over social media (laughs) and he was not a a, you know docile in any way shape or form and there's no reason to be fired up when you're winning by 50 like just you're looking at the clock hoping somebody doesn't get hurt like that there's no reason to be fired up, man. And if you think that Marcus Freeman is not going to be fired up on the sidelines in the big games, then you haven't been paying much attention because last year from the second half of the season on, you saw the real Marcus Freeman on the sidelines being plenty animated and he will continue to, to be. So don't worry about it. But when you're up by that many points, man, it just looks fake. It looks fake. So Marcus Freeman End of the first half, Tennessee State's got the ball. They're 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 like down there, red zone. There's what a little bit more than three minutes left. Marcus has got, I believe, all three timeouts remaining at that point. He may right? have. Yeah, he may have. I can look if you would like. So, uh, how's he going to use those timeouts? Is he going to give himself some time for his offense at the end, assuming they get the ball back? You know, there's there's decisions to be made and when you're standing there on the sideline you've got to make them in those 25 30 second intervals how are you going to deal with this when are you going to use your timeouts here's marcus freeman talking about his decision making process on whether or not to use his timeouts before the end of the first half i saw on the clock as we were going out this i think between two and three minutes i said man 
if we can get a stop here, I want to have a two-minute drive, right? And I was really calculating when we were going to use those timeouts and, and the ability to hold them as long as we could um, after first down. We use them after second. Uh, after first down, we use one on second down. After second, we use two of them there. And I wanted to keep one timeout for our offense to, uh, you know, have a two-minute drive. And obviously, they didn't need it. But it's so crucial to have those type of of uh, really situations. We do them in practice, but to have it live, um, man, I was so proud of the way they executed. Uh, I love the communication. I was able to communicate with Coach Golden and say, hey, if they run the ball, we keep them out using the timeout. Coach Parker, I'm going to save you one timeout. I don't want to use the timeout until we're passing midfield. All those things, man, you can practice them all the time, but there's so much value using it. Yeah. So they got the ball back with 53 seconds to go. They only needed 38 of it to go six plays. Six completions by uh, Sam Hartman. So what did you think of Marcus Freeman's explanation there? It made a lot of sense. And he obviously knew his team better than I do. And that's important. Because <laughs> um, I, I was like, why is he not calling timeouts earlier? And I was talking to you about it. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, because I wanted them to get the ball back and have some time to do something. So our thought process was the same. But then – you know, they ended up getting the first down, obviously. And so maybe they would have been out of timeouts by the time it got down and maybe they wouldn't have gotten the team, you know, gotten the ball back, whatever. It turned out to work perfectly. Now, hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously, but he used the two timeouts and then he had one left over for the offense to use if they needed it to go down the field. I mean, it worked out great. Obviously, they didn't need the, the one timeout, but I was... I was incredulous there for a little bit. I was not happy. I was like, you should be using those timeouts so you can get your team the ball. Vince was grumpy old man. And, you know, I was was, wrong. I was devil's advocating, you know, with Vince. If it's, oh, don't you have faith? I don't even know all the stuff you were saying, man. Well, (laughs) he proved me wrong because I didn't realize that Sam Hartman was going to take his team down the field, go six for six. For 80 yards, a touchdown in 38 seconds. Like, I didn't see that coming. But now that I know that it exists, well, good job. And, you know, the other thing that happens that we got to remember, because we're we're so used to the clock stopping all the time, and obviously it doesn't stop most of the time now on first downs, but under two minutes, it does. So it's like, boom, 18-yard pass. You're going to get that stoppage. You don't have to worry about a timeout. Another 18-yard pass. Like, they just – the only play – that that didn't gain double digit yards. The only two plays were the first play and the last play, the short pass to Jabron Payne, and then of course the touchdown pass to Holden Stays. Otherwise, they were all explosive plays right downfield. And hey, turns out that uh, they've got some tight ends on this yeah. roster after all. The Mitchell Evans Holden Stays <clears throat> drive for the most part. It was. I, I tweeted out this is the this is the tight end drive because four out of the six passes went to tight ends, three of which went to. Mitchell Evans won to, to Holden stays. And I, look, it was a fantastic drive. I mean, they found the holes. They marched right down the field. It was methodic. It was glorious. It was everything that you want a two-minute drive to look like. It was almost too fast for that matter. Like, they just went boop, 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 touchdown. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Now, I also realized – it is not going to be that easy against the competition that they're going to have in the future. Totally understand that. But it was awesome to see them at least work on the two-minute drive in a real game situation. You know, and you there, you can obviously criticize the level of competition they played. No one, like I saw 
some Notre Dame fans kind of get a little upset. Why was Notre Dame not mentioned nationally this weekend? Well, they were playing in FCS school. But at the same time, these these almost served as exhibition games for Notre yeah. Dame. They count. Yeah. Navy counts more than, than Tennessee State because it's Granted. FBS versus FCS. But they, they kind of serve new quarterback. New offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, and Marcus Freeman talked last week more about the communication and and things like that. Jared Parker talked about the communication, but all these all these kind of new variables that have been added to the mix they serve a little. It served a little bit like a couple of exhibition games, yeah. And now it's like you you know a lot more about your team. You know more strengths and weaknesses. Now your opponents are going to kind of, you know they've got some film to watch as well, but still. Like they almost serve as exhibition games, and now it's like you're warmed up and you're ready to jump in there against Power Five competition. Now that's going to be coming up. Well, and it's you know we can we can glean a lot from practices and all of those things, but uh, you know you, there's no substitute for game reps, yeah. right? And and that's what we've all been able to see over the last two weeks. Now they're going to have a I shouldn't say a real opponent, but you know a Power Five opponent. For the first time in the season on the road this week, like this is where the season starts. And I don't think anybody can argue with that. This is where the season starts right now, this Saturday with NC state. And we're, we're going to see where this team is at. Right. And I think we can all make some projections about what we think is going to happen and all of those types of things. And I think most of it would be accurate, but we wouldn't have those projections if this was week one, if, if NC state was the first game of the season, we'd all be like, well, I don't know, you know, where things are going to go, but man, I've got a lot of confidence in what this team can do in a lot of different areas. Still a couple of question marks here and there, but I also guarantee you they haven't even scratched the surface on what they want to show offensively and defensively. So NC state's going to be guessing as well coming into this game. with Notre Dame. Yeah. Josh says, Colorado's been the talk of the weekend. Every sports page has an article about it. You were right about that, Josh, and we will talk about that in Rapids. Clicks. Clicks. They know it's going to get them clicks, man. Just ask Barksville Sports.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.